Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Friday, March 31st. Final Four weekend is here, finally. Goodness gracious. Been waiting on pins and needles for San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. We'll do best bets here shortly. Because it's going to be an abbreviated podcast. We have a good guest. He was here, if you guys remember... I think two years ago and maybe last year, we had him on to talk NFL draft. He's a former Jets scout. His name is Daniel Kelly. He now writes some for SI.com. And we had him on and he was just blasting Zach Wilson left and right. But he also blasted Trevor Lawrence, which did not work out so well for him. At any rate, uh, we're going to talk about this year's quarterback class. He's a Jets guy, so we'll ask him about Rodgers. I don't want to ruin it, but he is, um, shall we say, very divergent from what Some other folks have said Daniel Jeremiah was on the pod last week. You guys saw my mock on FoxSports.com. Listen, this is a wild quarterback class. I don't think anybody's great. The potential is there for a guy or two, but boy, this love for Bryce Young. Uh, We shall see. Uh, Not much happened in the sporting world on Thursday night. Another night where I've been playing chess with my young son. He's 12. He's gotten good. He plays a lot. And he had a run where he beat me three out of four games. And I was like, all right, I got to lock in. I just know now that we're playing like every other day. He's super aggressive. I'm telling you, you got to be calm. You got to lay back. And he just wants to bring out his queen on the second move. And I say, you know what? I like my chances just taking queens off the board in the first like five minutes. So um, I don't know. Playing a lot of chess. It's fun. We're really into Bel Air right now, the show. Um, Second season, loving it. Finally, finally, last night started Ted Lasso with the wife. No spoilers, please. A huge fan of the show. We loved it, and uh, it's just taken some time for us to get through March Madness 
And of course, you guys know last weekend I coached uh, my son in the semifinals and finals and my daughter in the final. Like coaching, it, t- it takes a lot out. I know people are going to laugh. And on one of my dad basketball text chains, I was like, guys, I don't know what I could give in the men's league. I'm exhausted mentally from coaching three youth basketball games. And I, I've talked to some of you guys about this. Like, the, the you know, even Will Blackman uh, over at Fox, you know, when he comes in, he coaches his kids. Some, I'm like, guys, like setting the lineups, the stress, like parents like there's some i lose some sleep i know it's i know it's, you guys can laugh but i do definitely lose some sleep over it but that's on the rearview mirror spring sports are here spring break is rapidly approaching nba playoffs are approaching by the way what happened to the bucks last night all i've been hearing is all oh, the bucks are running away with the east they're dominating the celtics beat them by friggin 41 in milwaukee i think they were up 25 in the first half it was a runaway game Tatum hit like eight threes. My guy, Jason Tatum, who better be first team all NBA or somebody is smoking something stupid. Jason Tatum is just electrifying. Unbelievable talent. Love his game so much. Yes, Giannis is in there too. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. All right. The only thing I'll touch on before we get to our guest, uh, Daniel Kelly, is the college basketball games. This hurt. I put it on Instagram. This hurt. But I was looking at the one pool. I kind of came out of nowhere to make a run in this pool because everybody had Houston, Alabama. There's like 1,200 people in it. Almost everybody had them. By the grace of a higher power, I had UConn and Creighton in the final. And all of a sudden, I start, Creighton pulls off an upset. Alabama's bounced. Houston's bounced. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm still down like in the 60s, but max possible points, I was uh, third. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need something to break. And it broke my way a little bit. However... Creighton got job by San Diego State. They lose by one of that BS call in the final seconds. So I can't win the pot. And the guy, I asked the guy on email, I'm like, dude, 1,200 people, this has to be a good pot. Does it pay more than the top five? He's like, we pay uh, first place $11,800. And I crunched the numbers, spent like 45 minutes doing it like a loser. If Creighton had beat San Diego State, nobody has SDSU. One guy has Florida Atlantic going to the final. If Creighton had met UConn for the title and UConn had won, I would have taken the entire pot. Now, Creighton would have had to beat SDSU, obviously, and then beat FAU. They would have been favored. I'm, it, it ate at me, but I've got to move past. No looking back. Second place, 4500 bucks. Third, 2170 Fourth and fifth, 1000 Sixth through tenth, 500 bucks. As of now, if FAU does, gets bounced in uh, the semifinal and UConn wins it all, I'll, I'll finish, I think, in a Eighth place, so five hundred bucks, which is not bad on like a I think twenty dollar buy in. That's not terrible considering we lost on Arizona, but I did win another buddy's pool that I think pays like twenty two hundred bucks. Uh, it was only like fifteen guys, but I I got super lucky and won it by one because everybody's eliminated. Uh, March Madness pools, listen, pretty good year. Could have been way better. Um, and again. I just let's just file this away for next March when everybody's so confident about number one seeds. I'm just let's file it away. Chaos is going to be happening. Experience teams matter significantly. Transfer portal matters, and the 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 teams in like the three to eight, three to nine range are going to be very dangerous again next year. It's the the balance is going to be massive. Ask for bets this weekend. I don't have anything huge. Um, let me call up. So essentially. I like, you know, I like Connecticut, but there's no value in their futures here. It's a, um, what, minus, uh, minus 180, 160? I don't even know what it is. I, I'm not going to take a futures bet on Connecticut at this point. That's that's dumb. So what I do have is I did this interesting parlay. I did Miami getting five and a half and the over 150 and a half. Now, why would I do that? If Miami is in the game, 
it's going to be because their offense is scoring. They are not winning a low-scoring game with Connecticut. They just are not. So there's there's a chance Miami covers and the game's like 80 to 78 or whatever, high-scoring. And also Connecticut, and I dropped the numbers last week thinking Gonzaga would beat them. Connecticut, I believe, is 0-4 in games decided by five points or less. But they've basically blasted everyone who's not a Big East team. So that's one of the bets that I made. I also have the over 132 in Florida Atlantic SDSU. We know it's going to be a rock fight. It'll probably be low scoring. That being said, would not shock me if this game goes overtime. SDSU games are really low scoring in the 50s. First to 60 probably wins. Would not be surprised if this game went overtime. It'll be close. And I have San Diego State money line, which I do have at minus 132. I see it's up to minus 135 this morning. Not ideal. Um, yeah, now I'm seeing it at 140 on another site. Jeez. So, I mean, I got I got at 132, which I don't hate. I don't love it as much at minus 146. So, what, you got a 146 bucks to win 100? Don't love that. And by the way, Florida Atlantic could easily win this game. Um this is going to, listen, we I, we could see two close games. Would not surprise me. I, I know a lot of people are going to gravitate toward the under because it's in the big arena. And these are, you know, young college kids. I'm just going to, you know, caution to the wind and I'll go the over. So I have the over in SDSU, Florida Atlantic. I've got SDSU money line and I have Miami, a parlay with Miami getting the points and the over. Um I think we could get in some interesting player props for the title game on Monday. So we'll obviously have that. Uh, we'll be a podcast Monday after that. We shall see just simply because it's uh, spring break and uh, your boy needs to dial it back a little bit. Dial it back a little bit. All right, guys. Without further ado, let's get to this week's guest, former NFL scout. He really likes to dig into quarterbacks, Daniel Kelly. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy we had on last year ahead of the draft. And you remember, um, I think he was on two years ago as well, right before we talked about Zach Wilson. And uh, this gentleman is a former Jet scout. He did not like Zach Wilson. He did not like Trey Lance. But he also, if memory serves, he didn't like Trevor Lawrence. Um, so we thought we'd bring him back. We're two years in now. A lot has happened. Daniel Kelly, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Jason. Thanks for having me back on your show. Yeah, man. It uh, Listen, not a lot of guys were right <laughs> about Zach Wilson. I mean, listen, it's a weird situation where these young guys who are quarterbacks that are in the league, not a lot of reps. Everybody loves them. Uh, there's one of them in this draft, Anthony Richardson. And then they get to the league, and it's like, whoa, learning curve is steep. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start? This year's class, or you want to rehash uh, you know, the guys from a couple years ago? Justin Fields, kind of a TBD still. Yeah, no, absolutely. We can start back where we uh, where we left off if you want to. Yeah, I mean, um, the guy who won Rookie of the Year was Mac Jones, and everybody loved him. And they got to the playoffs, they got smashed by the Bills. But Mac Jones in year two was an abomination. And at one point he was benched for Bailey Zappi. And now Mac Jones gets another offensive coordinator. Everybody's excited. It's weird. There is video. We're recording this on Thursday. There's video, as Bill Belichick should be doing, scouting ahead of the draft. He is at the Max Duggan Pro Day, TCU, watching Max Duggan. Uh, listen, Max Duggan had a really nice career. I, I, I'm, I don't think Belichick is as sold on Mac Jones as some of Patriots Nation. Where are you on Mac Jones entering year three? 
I, I still really like Mac Jones. I mean, the last time, you know, we were on together, I mean, you know, I had said that he was a more polished version, you know, than, than Trevor Lawrence. I, I still really like him. I still really do. Uh, he came out strong for me as rookie season, as, as you pointed out. Uh, year two, a lot of times quarterbacks will, will slip a little bit in year two uh, before they come back in the year three. The thing I hold on to with Mac Jones is the downfield ball placement I saw at Alabama. He had done his rookie season, his completion percentage. I feel that he'll get back. I think this year he'll be back. Very optimistic. Um, do you want to do a victory lap on Zach Wilson or just say, well, wait a minute. It's a little early to um, bury him. Um, I don't know. Where are you? Yeah, he's done. Done, done? Done, done. I, 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 yeah, I think he'll probably hang around the Jets for a little bit longer because of the relationship his uncle has with the owner. But I think overall, oh, I, I <laughs> wow. with that, with the JetBlue uh, Airlines, the official yeah. airlines of the New York Jets. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that the uh, confidence level's not there, and you know, I, I don't think that he's going to be able to rebound from that. Uh, Unfortunately for him, I mean, as, as a person, as a young man, it's very unfortunate for him because you touched on these quarterbacks get thrown into these situations and before they're ready. I mean, I had a third round grade on Zach Wilson coming out of BYU, and I felt that he was he was a guy that. He did some things well, especially the unscripted stuff at BYU on game film. I felt like you bring him in, you bring him along slowly. I mean, back in the day when I grew up, the third round was a great round to, to draft a, a developmental guy with upside. That's what I felt Zach Wilson was. However, the Jets, you know, the, the way the NFL is going yeah. these days, they bring him in as a top five, you know, blue chip guy. You know, we're going to win now type of thing. And going into most teams is difficult enough. Going into New York is times too difficult. Um, you, you know, that's a tough place to go into to win the, for anybody uh, at, at any age. Uh, but let alone for a young guy that come in there like that. And I just felt like it was just it was really doomed from the beginning, um, you know, as far as what that offensive line situation they have and everything else out there. And it was just a lot of pressure to put him in very quickly. And it's once a quarterback loses his confidence, it, it's unfortunate, but I've really never seen them rebound from there. And then Trevor Lawrence was the polar opposite. I mean, he struggled in year one with Urban Meyer. Year two, he's lights out. They get to the playoffs. They win a game. Uh, well, come back against the Chargers. I think they were down by a billion uh, and they nearly, I mean, I think they covered against the Chiefs. I'd have to look back. Um, but uh, all signs pointing up for Trevor Lawrence. Are you ready to say, hey, I get it. I was wrong. Or still, it's a little early. It's a little early. That's why I'm not doing a huge victory lap on, on the Zach Wilson yet. Because okay. I remember our conversation very well. You know, it, it's something where he definitely did exceed my expectations last season. You know, with the Jaguars, you know, finishing nine and eight and making the playoffs like that. And with, with the comeback and the playoffs as well. Uh, you know, that was all that was all good. Um, I'm very curious to see if he's able to, you know, carry that forward in year three. So I'm just like, you know, just like with Mac Jones, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of just to hold on that one, you know, for another year at least. And after this year, I think we can, you know, at least I can definitively say, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down on, on the predictions and the evaluations I had, um, you know, going into the 2021 draft. All right. So let's look at the current draft. I have a mock that came out on foxsports.com this week. And I know what the gambling odds say about CJ Stroud going one. And I understand everybody loves Bryce Young. I just can't get over 
the idea that someone would trade up a lot of draft capital, as Carolina did, to go for the shortest quarterback to be taken in round one ever. Because Russell Wilson wasn't a first-rounder. Okay, uh, Drew Brees was not a first-rounder. Drew Brees didn't pop till the second team. I had Anthony Richardson going first, and I know it. People say, oh, he's not ready, he's not ready. I, I get it, you know. I totally understand. He was started like, what, 12 games last year and then um, played a little bit the year before. But when you talk about upside, I think we had Daniel Jeremiah on last week. He loves the upside of Richardson. Um, I think everybody basically does, but they're afraid to take him early. What do you think happens at one with Carolina? Uh, I think they're good. I mean, between the two of them, I mean, I'm I'm a huge CJ Stroud and Bryce Young fan um, to begin with. Um, I, I've given I've I've looked at about 10, 11 games on both of them. Um, I'm giving the slight edge uh, to Bryce Young as my QB one uh, headed into the uh, 2023 draft uh, because I feel like his skill set transfers best uh, to a, a a losing situation. And when I say losing situation, I mean last year's records. Uh, respectfully, um, you know, I, I feel that his ability to create and extend plays on his feet uh, covers up and compensates for some of the maybe offensive line deficiencies uh, that that may exist in Carolina to the point where he can move around some and. And because no matter who's playing defense, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four, five, et cetera, that's a long time to cover somebody. And the way Bryce Young can move, the instincts he shows in the pocket are phenomenal. It's like he has eyes in the back of his head. And I understand the size concerns. I, I get that. I think I, I've, I've compared him to a Fran Tarkington uh, hmm. with, with, with the Vikings, kind of that same style of, you know, quarterback, the scratch rambling and moving around a lot. And, and, and I get, and I think Fran was about the same size when he played with the Vikings around, I think maybe Fran was six foot, but about the same size, but, but he's able to move around a lot. And then just, he's like Houdini in the pocket. And then the thing that really sold me on Bryce Young was, was the, was the instincts as well as the downfield ball placement. To me, that's one of the most underrated parts of scouting is the ball placement downfield. And, and I'm not talking about just ball completion percentage, but the ability to put the ball, of course, on point where receivers can, you know, extend the plays and get yards after the catch. I love that about Bryce Young. I, I think he's very smart. I think he has a very good feel just overall for the game. So, yeah, I have him as my QB1. And all, all this whole, since August, I've had C.J. Stroud in that spot. So this mm -hmm. is just a recent change for me cj stroud i've compared to to warren moon uh to to me it, it it's he is just it, it, the way he the, the the kind of the way he processes the game from a pre-snap standpoint and, and how he's able to read uh what's going on especially with the safeties i keep hearing the announcers all the time talk about how he's reading the safeties and when they come up or they go back and he kind of makes a decision from there uh he has complete command of the pocket uh it, and, and he just processes information so quickly, both pre-snap and post-snap. I think that, too, gives a, a team that, a competitive advantage. It's had a bad record last year because he's able to make those quick decisions in, in a league where we see an average of 2.5 seconds release time You know, for a quarterback. I think he's able to process information that quickly. And the thing that really has sold me on C.J. Stroud, just like it did with Mac Jones, was the downfield ball placement is just beautiful. I mean, he puts the ball right where it needs to be and so yeah those two guys i feel like can go into a situation and, and I, I think really in in you know in the 30 years i've been evaluating 
I think these two guys give a struggling franchise the best opportunity to turn things around quickly that I've, mm. that I've ever seen. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm very high on both of them. Dare, dare I say gushing um, about these, <laughs> these guys. So I looked up Tarkenton. Uh, six, he's listed again, 60190, but that was back in the 60s and early 70s. Um, I don't, I mean, we're coming off a season where we just saw Tua look awesome for half the season. Suffer two concussions because he got ragdolled. And listen, escapability is one thing. The players, I think the edge rushers have never, never been bigger, faster, stronger. You know, as good as Tua was, two hits and it's lights out. And now there's, well, we don't even know if he could survive in the league. Does that give you pause for Bryce Young? There, there's, there's a pause. I, I think, I think you have to recognize his size and understand the violence of the game. I mean, we saw it with RG three with him running all around yeah. like that, and what, what happened with him. Um, it's become a, a, a much more, you know, even, even violent game, a faster game, maybe a, as far as like the violence is concerned. So when those guys are running like that, I mean, we saw it with Justin Fields too. Uh, that is, that is a concern. Uh, there's no question about it. But I think the thing that gives it got me over that pause uh, to, to your point, Jason, was the fact that to me, Bryce Young is a quarterback first and an athlete second. So so to me, when he's moving around back there, his first instinct is not to take off and run. He will run and he can't pick up chunks of yardage, but he's looking to throw first. And I think I saw a lot enough of that to be able to say, OK, he's moving around. He's moving around. I mean, there was ample opportunity to take off, but but he's he hung in there and then he threw. So I, I don't think he's going to be one of these guys that's going to come in there and just look to run all the time. I think he's going to pass first, which may be the saving grace for him in the league. So on Stroud, um, this is a guy who coming into the season was like, okay, yeah, he's good. He's a prospect. A lot of people had him going high. But during the season, you know, the Notre Dame game early, he looked, he's eh, all right. Nothing special. They struggled to get separation. Then they played a lot of bad teams. They didn't play like another ranked team until Penn State. Um and they ended up pulling away. I think the defense had a touchdown. He was he was fine. Didn't really have a distinguished game. And then they go up against Michigan. And I know people are saying, well, the weather wasn't great. Okay, well, both quarterbacks had to deal with that. And the opposing quarterback had a pretty damn good game. Stroud in the second half could not move the football on the Michigan defense. Couldn't move it. He was abysmal. And they lost. He bounced back strong with a month to prepare for Georgia. He looked awesome. Looked like a totally different player. Uh, I mean, you know this, but... He didn't have a game with more than six carries all season. He had 12 in in the Georgia game and looked elusive. It was almost like Herbert, who didn't really run at Oregon because it wasn't called for. And then in the Rose Bowl, you see this lumbering, scrambling guy. You're like, whoa, he, he's got another dimension. I, it, I just feel like people have been a little irrational about Stroud here because of the Georgia game. And by the way, two years ago, he had Olave and Wilson. And Jackson Smith Najigba, and then last year he had the greatest receiver in college football, Marvin Harrison. I don't. <laughs> this year's class is mediocre. Marvin Harrison's incredible. Should we be pumping the brakes a little on Stroud? Again, I like him, top ten sure, but number one overall. You know, that's interesting you mentioned that, Jason, because that was my number one concern was, you know, because I, I think you're touching on something very important is, is level of competition. And, and when you're looking at these quarterbacks going into a, a you know, a, a top five or a top 10 situation, going into situations with losing records last year, a lot of deficiencies, 
that type of thing. They're not going to be playing from the, the you know, the, the, the positive side of the scoreboard. A lot of time they'll be playing from behind. So, so how will he respond to that? And that was a concern. I saw another game uh, where he, you know, he kind of hung in there a little bit better against, I, I, I forget who it was, but he hung in there a little bit better. And, but he wasn't in a lot of those situations where he had to come from behind and had to rally the team and stuff. So that gave me a little bit of pause. Whereas Bryce young, when he was in those, type of situations I, I couldn't tell if they were winning or losing you know the way that young played um you know he looked the same either way that's what another reason why i gave the slight edge to bryce young fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
so I have in my notes, you know, I, I keep an ongoing list anytime I get a text or talk to somebody. Um, and I saw that there were nine folks from the New York Giants at C.J. Stroud's Pro Day. There were eight from Seattle, 14 from the Panthers. I don't think the Panthers sent as many to Anthony Richardson's, which happened today as we record this. Uh, Anthony Richardson, of course, hit the roof with one throw on purpose, I think. He was saying Will Levis did it so I can do it. And then he started, he did like a broke out of backflip at some gymnastics move. I got to ask my daughter uh, what it was. But the athleticism Richardson has, the power, is this a guy you would take a flyer on in the top five? No. Ooh, not at all. No. Is there, is it something just way too raw? Is it, I mean, do you not like him in the first round at all? Where, where are you on him? I, I have a fifth round grade at Anthony Richardson. And and the reason why <laughs> here we go again, fifth. right? Oh boy. Fifth round, fifth round pick. And and um the reason for that is, you know, I just talked a little bit about Bryce Young and how he's, you know, a quarterback first and an athlete second. Richardson, to me, the biggest thing that has me hung up on him is that he's to me strikes me as an athlete first who's trying to play quarterback, kind of like what we saw with Trey Lance when he came out of, of North Dakota State. The thing about Richardson is I, I see the athleticism. I see the things people talk positively about with him. But but to me, the, the thing that scares me the most about Anthony Richardson is is he, he looks like he tends to hold the ball too long in, in it, to me, it's like he's having trouble being able to figure out what he's looking at downfield. So when we see him kind of scrambling and moving all around and everything, to me, he's creating his own drama, a lot of it, when he, when he does that. Uh, the other thing, too, a couple different things about, about Richardson that give me pause uh, is the, you know, number one, he, he has inconsistent ball placement downfield. That scares me quite a bit. Um, and also, too, um, he, he tends to throw a lot of dangerous passes in the film exposure I watch. There's a couple, two, three passes in every game that maybe, they're, maybe they are intercepted, maybe they're not, but a defense gets gets their hands on the ball and, and I think when you're talking about going into a team whether it's a, a bottom 15 16 team potentially you know these are a type of throws well for any team really but especially for for a team that's struggling these are a type of throws that can make or break a game and then also too the thing I know is watching him and studying him on film was he struggles most under pressure whether that is the pass rush in his face or in a game situation, he tends to really press, uh, and that that could be an issue as well. And and as a runner, it's something where I didn't feel like you know I wasn't watching Lamar Jackson, I wasn't watching you know a Michael Vick or or a Randall Cunningham or, or somebody like that running around. It, to me, it seemed like he was able to take what was there to take, uh, but he wasn't somebody that was overly elusive or somebody that was going to. I mean, he's not like a Malik Cunningham. Let's let's you know if I could put it that way, uh, a guy who's an elite type of runner. Uh, it's so those the combination of those type of things, and then the additional fact 
fact, now, a lot of times people will say, well, you can't be a stat scout. And I completely agree with that. It is, is, but, but the stats to me sometimes confirm the evaluation and it scares the, it really scares me when I look at Richardson and see last year, a 53.8% completion percentage at Florida. And then I go back and I look at him in high school and see a, a 50, I think a 53.2% or somewhere mm-hmm. in that area, I think, you know, so this is a guy that's that's never completed over 53% of his passes at any level. Now we're going to ratchet it up and go into the NFL where the game is, as we know, is a lot more complex. It's a lot faster. And like we talked about those quarterbacks coming in 21, if he does end up in a situation where somebody takes him high in the first round, now he has that pressure on top of it to come in. There's no time to develop. There's no time to do anything besides get under center with a team that's not that good to begin with, with all the pressure on him and let's go, let's see how it works out. And, and that to me is, is a recipe for disaster. I, I've totally spaced about Malik Cunningham. I'm like, wait a sec, where do I know that? The Louisville quarterback who is yes. really elusive. Yeah. Uh, so I did look up the numbers on Richardson. Yes. 53% completions, very Josh Allen like of him. I will point out Josh Allen of Wyoming, of course. Um, the, if like, if we're going to overreact to one game of Stroud against Georgia, why aren't we giving the benefit of the doubt to Mr. Richardson if you watch, A, the game against Utah where he was unbelievable on the ground, 11 for 106, three touchdowns, and then the game against Tennessee, they lost, uh, and they fought hard. Tennessee, by the way, was undefeated for much of the season. He threw for 450 yards, two touchdowns, and then rushed for two more touchdowns. Uh, Just an unbelievable game. Like He's basically out there by himself keeping the team in the game. And again, I know those are you know, stats, and I'm not scouting off the stats, but just the potential upside for this guy. Again, he's got 12 starts under his belt. Like, people forget, and I know this is going to sound crazy. When Patrick Mahomes came in, and, you know, he was coming out of Texas Tech, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy put up monster numbers at Texas Tech in the Big 12 where they play, like, arena league defense. And then, you know, it's like, well, he's got a good arm. Okay, fine. And he drops to 10, the, the Chiefs trade up. He sits for an entire year. So he gets a year to sit, and then he gets Andy Reid. I mean, you know this. That Could anybody have it any more perfect than Patrick Mahomes? You get a year to sit, and then you get one of the best offensive coaches ever. Any of the quarterbacks going this year ain't getting anywhere close to that. And I, I, I say this because of the Drew Brees. Oh, well, Drew Brees is a small quarterback. Oh, you mean the guy who was drafted in the second round? Didn't really work out the first few years, had an injury. Then lands in New Orleans with this guy named Sean Payton, and boom. Doesn't circumstance matter almost as much as talent? It can. It can. That's why I try to watch as much film as, as possible uh, is, is because it's the more film, the better on these guys, because what I, it's not the one off, whether it's positive or negative that I'm looking for. I'm looking for patterns and tendencies over an extended period of time that keeps showing up. And that's where I see like, to me, it's like it looks like to your point. Yeah, there there was there was some good play. There was good games. That's why you know people are looking at him like this naturally. And but to me, it's like there there was enough consistency there. Of okay, the bottom line with him is I don't think he can read defenses. I, it, that that's that's my big thing with him. And so if he's having trouble reading defenses and has a fifty three point eight percent completion percentage of Florida. What's that going to look like against the 49ers? 
or the Vikings or the Bears. That, that That's my challenge, number one challenge with Richardson is how is that going to play out? And then will he stop throwing those dangerous passes? Because the dangerous passes will get him on the bench faster than anything else in my mind. Um, where are you on Jordan Love possibly starting for the Packers? He's had a, many years to sit. He, um, I think he led the country in interceptions when he was coming out of college. I mean, is this a guy you think could come in and get the Packers to the playoffs, or there's going to be a bit of a curve? I do. I, I, I like what I've seen on Jordan Love in preseason action. We haven't seen a lot of him, uh, but I, I do think that uh, he, he provides enough of a dual threat and he can move around back there. In the preseason games I have seen of Jordan Love, he seemed like he knew what he was what he was doing back there. So I, I'm, I'm excited for the Green Bay Packers uh, fans for, for what they have to look forward wow. with Jordan Love. Really? Uh, that's a yes. little bit of a surprise. All right, let me give you a scenario. Colts are at four. Anthony Richardson is on the board. The way you look at it, could we could we draft Richardson at four? We don't intend to start him. We roll out Gardner Minshew, who knows Shane Steichen from Philly. And you know what? We're going to make the best of it. If we are a four-win team, all right, great. Then we're in the mix for the number one or number two pick. If we have managed to win six or seven, and Richardson's showing us, hey, he could be the guy in the future. Maybe there's something there, and you start to build around a guy on a rookie quarterback. You've got multiple years left. Where are you? on that game plan for the Colts? Because like a a tanking, you know, people keep saying, oh, if the Jets don't get Rodgers, they should just tank. Like that, Robert Sala's not tanking. He will be fired. The GM will be fired. But the Colts, coach just got there. Shikin's Shikin's brand new. Is that, you think that's in play or are you still like, listen, I got a fifth round grade. I would never do that. Yeah, the latter. I have a fifth round grade. (laughs) I would would never do that. (laughs) Jeez, not a fan at all. Um, let me give you a, another name. Um, the kid out of TCU, Max Duggan. I have heard good things. I like him. I think if there's any quarterback after the first round, second, third, fourth, I don't know how long he's going to last. This is a guy with multiple years starts under his belt. He's mobile and elusive. I don't think he's like going to light the world on fire or be the next major superstar. But if you're talking about a quarterback on a rookie deal the way Jalen Hurts the similarities between Hertz and Duggan are, are actually kind of decent. Um, when you look at amount the amount of starts they've had, the winning background that they have, it, there are a lot of questions about Hertz. Max Duggan, is there a scenario where he becomes, you know, not not quite Brock Purdy, where a seventh round guy you're surrounded with awesomeness, but Jalen Hurts could could he be a Jalen Hurts in the NFL? That's a Depends. I'm 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 on the fence about about Max Duggan. Um, I I think that um, you know I I do. The thing I like most about him is how aggressive he was throwing the ball downfield, and I like his mobility. But I think that he's a he's a developmental project. um, Something along the lines of it's going to take a couple. I I think it takes. In all fairness, I I think it takes a lot of these guys a a good couple, two, three years to really figure out the game. Um, you know, and especially for the upper round guys, you know, a, a Brock Purdy is kind of an interesting study for me because, you know, he had no pressure, no expectations. He was able to come in. And I think that kind of helped him in a way versus a lot of these guys that come in top five, top 10, first, second round. Yeah. I think there's so much pressure yeah. on these guys. It's a different game than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, or even, even longer than that. It's a different game where guys just don't have the luxury of, of being able to sit on the bench and learn and study and and be able to you know just kind of like because the game is much different than the college game not only is the size of the football different i mean it's a larger football right in the nfl but but then it is in the college regulation size football but also 
just the speed of the game and the complexity of the game and the complexity of the defenses and, and everything that they're seeing, I think it takes a lot of these guys, uh, you know, that long just to get a handle on what, what they're doing. Uh, I'm looking it up. Max Duggan, 43 starts in college. Jalen Hurts, 42. Um, Jalen Hurts looks like he got to the NFL at around 22. Uh, Max Duggan currently is 22, just turned 22 this month. So, I mean, again, these are not incredible markers, but the similarities are there. A lot of college starts, mobile, age. Because every time anybody brings up, well, Bryce Young, Drew Brees was small. Like, that's not an apples to apples, taking Bryce Young number one versus Drew Brees. Uh, Are there any other quarterbacks that you kind of like in this draft who are not on everyone else's radar? I like Jaron Hall uh, out of BYU. BYU, okay. Yes, I I think to me, Jaron Hall could be who everybody thought Zach Wilson was supposed to be Hmm. uh, if he's given enough time to develop a little bit. I have a second-round grade on on Jaron Hall. Uh, There's a lot. He's a a true dual-threat quarterback that can move around. He's got some elusiveness and running ability to him. Uh, I I like the fact how he battles back in games. When he's down, he never gives up, and he keeps throwing. There's some issues with with, um, uh, being able to get rid of the ball quickly as far some inconsistency as far as release times concerned. There's some inconsistency as far as ball placements concerned. But I think that if a team were to bring in a Jaron Hall in the second round and put him behind an established starter, at, at least they would have a quality backup mm-hmm. that could come in and spark a team if need be. Um, I also like Jake Hayner um, out of Fresno. Oh, Jake uh, the Snake. Yeah, I like what I've seen out of him. I have a third round grade on Jake. Uh, I think that uh, he's got he's got upside. He's another guy that runs around back there, and it's kind of a gunslinger mentality. Uh, he's an aggressive uh, thrower, and he's he's a mobile guy. Um, I think he'll make a, a a quality backup to star in this league. A, a, you know, a guy you can put at number two and bring along. I also like the uh, the guy out of Purdue, uh, Aiden O'Connor. Tunnel. Um, and, and I, I like him in the, in the fourth round um, is a great I placed on him. Um, I would be very interested to see if like the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, that could be a perfect opportunity for him to come along, you know, you know, behind Lawrence and, and that could give Jacksonville a, a real high mm. quality backup. The thing I like about those guys, Jason, is they are all pro style quarterbacks. Um, and, and when I watch a quarterback, whoever it is on game film, uh, you know, the, the number one question that keeps going through my mind is how does this skill set translate to the NFL and what we've seen work in the NFL? And, and, and of course, I'm also a huge fan of Malik Cunningham. That's my number one prospect who I feel is flying underneath the radar right now. I actually have a first run grade on Malik Cunningham. Um, I've done 10 games of him on a Louisville. Uh, to me, he had a, a now I understand he played longer Louisville than Lamar Jackson, but but he had a higher quarterback rating than Lamar did at Louisville. He had a higher completion percentage than Lamar did at Louisville, and he had a higher yards per completion than 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 Lamar Jackson did mm-hmm. at Louisville. To me, and people say, well, you know, you know, Cunningham he gets hurt a lot. That's the big knock. The 
criticism on him. He played in 56 out of 62 games. And to me, when I talk about translating to the next level, he has four characteristics um, that, that translate very well to the next level to me. Number one, he processes rather quickly. Number two, he's got good ball placement. Number three, he's got good ball protection. I mean, mm. he doesn't take a lot of wild and crazy chances with the ball. He's, he, he, you know, he, he calculates his throws. And number four, which gives him the biggest advantage, um, is, is he's the best running quarterback in the entire class by, by far. I mean, this, this guy is, is everything Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields is on his feet. Wow. Um, so one thing I just looked in in checking the age of these guys, Jaron Hall of BYU is 25. He had his Mormon mission. Malik mm-hmm. Cunningham is 24. And then let me see on this uh, Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. Um, this is a guy who is 24. So interesting. All three of these guys are elder statesmen, but I didn't hear you mention Hendon Hooker. Are you not a fan of Mr. Hooker? I am actually. I'm glad you oh. brought him up. I, I am because yeah, I, I have a first round. I was just thinking about more developmental guys. Uh, but uh, Hendon Hooker is is I have a first round grade on him. I, I like a lot of the things I saw about Hendon Hooker. Uh, you know, with, with before the uh, the torn ACL. Uh, to me, he reminds me a lot of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and, and, uh, in terms of, it's kind of interesting because both him and Bridgewater, both, you know, tore the same left ACL. So I don't know quite, you know, what we're going to see coming out of that, uh, because I know that Bridgewater was never quite the same after the injury, but with, with Hendon Hooker, to me, the number one thing that strikes me about him is his efficiency. He, he seems to be very smart very efficient and he's a guy that protects the ball very well doesn't take crazy chances throwing it puts the ball a lot of times where only the receiver has a chance to get it had had some mobility to his game prior to the acl injury the big concern i have about hendon hooker and the reason why i have him at 21 right now on my first round value board is because his mechanics he he throws it he's a very he has a very tightly wound a very uh you know just a a compact delivery that he seems to rely on and what happens is as he's winding up and doing this it's almost like he was taught to how to throw the ball so the trajectory normally is about the same every time it's he he basically stares at the receiver he's going to throw out for an extra moment that's my fear and concern about Hendon Hooker because we all know in the NFL an extra moment or two can be the difference between completing a pass and ending up on sports center for you know the on the highlights for the wrong reasons <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny Hooker I loved him and then against Georgia it was I mean, no, the, I think it was raining, but still, he looked totally confused. It was a rough game for him and then the ACL. So, um, all right, like, listen, uh, this is interesting. So, fifth-round grade on Anthony Richardson for those scoring at home. First-round grade, Malik Cunningham and Hendon Hooker. Yes. Wow. I, I <laughs> that's, that's harsh. I guess we could get out of here, um, Daniel, with this Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Now, you know I'm a Jets fan. You're wearing a Jets hat as we record this. Um you love it? You hate it? Uh, your thoughts? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. That's where I, I was, it. yeah. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's interesting. We're, we're on the same page there. I, I hate it, and the reason why I hate it is, well, there's a couple reasons. Number one, I, I think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, to me, as, as you know, I don't like what I've seen of him over the last two, three years. As far as the, I, I think the quarterback position by, by, by trade is a very selfless uh, position where, you know, it's a team leadership position. I don't think Rodgers is there anymore. I think he's become a lot more selfish in, in nature. Uh, so I'm concerned about that as 
far as a leadership is, is you know, as far as a leader is concerned. But the big concern I have with the Jets is that to me, Joe Douglas doesn't have any idea how the an offensive line out there uh that offensive line is is horrendous i mean they're talking about all these skill position guys they're going to have everything i i look at that line and i've read a number of articles for si jets about this line situation i, I mean they, they they have hopes that mikai becton is coming back at tackle oh, i mean after two years on the shelf they, they got they got dwayne brown at 37 38 years old with a bum shoulder behind him they got max mitchell you know who had the blood clot issue at the other tackle position they got lakin tomlinson a graded out really poorly even by pff standards at left guard they don't really have a viable center uh you know they their, their depth is is i mean elijah vera tucker is very good but he's one person yeah. and the depth the, the depth is just non-existent mm. so to me it's like you take a 39 year old quarterback and put him in a city who's like a statue at that age and you put him behind that offensive line in new york i mean i just think that just that that's a disaster i yeah. I, I really truly really don't see rogers even making it through three four weeks behind that line i mean yeah. i know him and zach wilson are great buddies and i think that's that's you know that's <laughs> that's why this is whipping up like that but um yeah i think that's going to be an absolute disaster if rogers goes out to, to new york Boy, way to get me excited for it, uh, Daniel. Jeez, goodness gracious. No, you're right, though. Uh, I, I agree with a lot of that. And then if Rodgers doesn't come back, you get shafted with the pick anyways. Daniel Kelly, former Jet scout. Good stuff, Daniel. Thanks again. And uh, you know what? We'll do a post-mortem at some point, um, especially when Zach Wilson's off the Jets. We'll definitely have you have you back on for that. <laughs> Sounds good, Jason. Hey, it's great being on the show with you. Thank you so much for having me on. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.